Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome to Travel with Ketan. I'm a biker, backpacker and travel writer. Join me as I share my travel adventures and misadventures on this podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun. Three men on motorcycles. The amigos ride to Ladakh. Chapter 1. The Great Idea. Let's go for a ride, Adi said, as he always does. If you wake up a guy in the middle of the night with a swift kick on his backside, most people would say, what the, aroi, or probably something unprintable and full of cuss words. But Adi would say, let's go for a ride. I could just imagine him waking up from a coma after 10 years and instead of asking, what year is it? Or where am I? He would shock the doctor by saying, put down that stethoscope and let's go for a ride. I squinted at him through the bottom of my glass. There was something wrong with my glass. Then I realized the problem. The glass was empty. Managerial action was required to solve the problem and I provided the breakthrough leadership required to solve the problem by lifting the old monk and refilling my glass. Ah. I looked at Adi again. I didn't have much of a choice. He filled the view as he was a giant 100 kilo monster covered with hair. Long hair, long beard, long moustache. Only his nose protruded through his moustache and beard like a bare mountain top rising above a dense jungle. He looked like a cross between a yeti and a shaggy sheepdog. <coughs> a stern sound came from the other side of the room. A reminder to pass the bottle and not keep it stuck to my greedy mitts. It came from another 100 kg monster in the room. Delzad, the mad bawa. What little space there was in the room not filled by Adi was filled by Delzad. He competed with Adi in the hair department. Though not as long as Adi's, his hair was curly and nylon hard and was of an unusual quality. You know, a mix of, I don't know, scrubbing brushes, cacti, afro rockers and medusa. Me? I was the third 100 kilo member of this weighty triumvirate. And though I did not share their impressive height, I had them beat with my waistline. The floor creaked and groaned when we three were together. Guys, come on, let's go for a ride, said Adi again. He was like a broken record. But now that both our glasses were full, I and Del looked at him indulgently. Ah. So where should we go, I asked. We could go to Konkan, or Lodar, or Nasik. Adi started babbling. Let's go off-roading! Delzad suddenly shouted, splashing his drink in excitement. I and Adi groaned. Bawa was off again on his favourite topic. He believes that the only real riding is on stones and rocks and mud and nice blacktop smooth roads are only for wimps. Wherever he goes, he looks for a patch of bad road to ride on. When normal people groan and curse and slow down, Bawa screams in delight and speeds up. We would be riding peacefully on a nice road and look in the mirror and see Bawa has vanished. We would stop the bike in panic and look around and see Bawa riding in a gutter by the side of the road. Let's leave in the middle of the night, screamed Bawa as he excited and mounted with each word he spoke. Let's disconnect our headlights and ride in complete darkness. Let's ride in the mountains in the night. Let's jump from crack to crack like mountain goats on steroids. Let's do a wheelie right on the top of the mountain and do a stoppy right on the peak. Let's jump right on the peak. Ow! 
he stopped at a vactim on the side of the head. What was that for? How? He stopped again at Adi vactim on the other side of the head. And his sultan shut up as we both glared at him. As I was saying, Adi continued, still glaring at Bhava. Let's go for a ride. We get that bro. But you are generally spouting names of all kinds of destinations. Beaches, mountains, plains. Where do you want to go? Anywhere is fine. I just want to ride. Adi is Mr. Perpetual Motion. I think he imagines that the bike is a giant dildo vibrator. And he gets a sexual high as his ass gets vibrated on the 500cc engine. He upgraded from some shitty plastic bike to the 500cc metal monster of a bullet. He has a Royal Enfield Classic. He claims that it is for the power. But we strongly suspect that it is because of the vibration. On a long ride, he suddenly shivers, closes his eyes and moans for some reason. And then he cries, Yahoo! And he zooms off. Bah! All of you are wimps! Suddenly a voice shouted and three heads swiveled in that direction. It was Bharti. She who must be obeyed. Though only hobbit size herself, she roars and emits flames like a dragon. The whole world quails in front of her and rolls up into a ball and shivers when she unveils a glittering eye. She rules over the home with an iron fist. She is a great adventurer and traveller. Master of the four directions and the seven seas and the misty mountains. Her passion is travel and she has been everywhere and done everything. She can reel off all stations of Indian railways, all major airports of the world, all peaks of the Himalayas, all airline codes of every plane that ever flew. Wake her up in the middle of the night and ask her about a flight from Helsinki to Honolulu and she'll reel off all airlines, all fares, all visa rules and then tell you that there are many better options if you route through Hamburg rather than Heathrow. Apart from booking tickets, her main hobby is to mock other people's travel plans. Anybody who even mentions anything about a travel plan cannot escape her. She will promptly catch them, fix them with a glittering eye, scoff at their feeble travel ambitions, lecture them about the myriad destinations and options and book their tickets for them. <laughs> even as they shout and scream, they merely ask and they had no intention of going anywhere and had no leaves and no money and no passport and no visa. But, but, but. I am sure that in every country of the world you will find some glum Indians who just had a casual conversation with Bharti the day before and now had woken up dazedly and are wondering where on earth they were. Why do you say wimps? I asked with dignity. We are talking about a manly and adventurous activity, long distance biking. He just made an insulting noise, like a cork coming out of a bottle. Manly? Ha! The manly thing to do is ride a bicycle, not a motorcycle. And long distance? Prrr. 300-400 kilometers is not long distance. You should do at least 2000 kilometers to call it long distance. In the first place, cycling is not manly. It is merely archaic, I replied. Why do you think they invited the motor in the motorcycle in the first place? And where do you suggest we should go? I asked. I knew I shouldn't have needled her. She has a habit of shaking people up and making them question the way they are living their lives. My life is pretty much shaken up by now, so I am used to it. But now, Bhava and Adi's lives are about to be stirred up forever. Ladakh, of course, she shouted. Call yourself bikers, then go to Ladakh.
Ladakh as you might know is a high mountainous region at the extreme north of India and is part of the great Tibetan plateau the roof of the world it's a wild and untamed land a high altitude himalayan desert with lots of high passes which are snow covered for 9 months of the year it is the iconic ride of india and we have always wanted to go there and never have had their guts to actually go when people do go they generally travel in a big group and have a backup vehicle and a mechanic and sometimes even a doctor with them the roads can be in pretty bad condition and if you have an accident or a bike breakdown well you would be in deep shit not to mention avalanches snow drifts pakistani attacks abominable snowmen having to eat maggi all the time Ugh. the dangers are many so for just the three of us to go was a bit of a challenge another challenge which all men face is to get leave it is when you apply for leave from work that you realize how important you are to the running of the company why the place would break down and burn to the ground if you are not around Indian corporates will give you leave to get married and perhaps if some family member dies both of which can happen only a limited number of times to get leave or something as frivolous as a motor biking trip well that would be a long shot indeed but bharti being involved caused magic to happen you can do anything if you want it bad enough is our motto and sure enough everything worked out Adi works as a wage slave in some software company. You know, a code factory which employs millions and doesn't believe in giving any of them any leave. The boss would explode with a loud bang, boom, when people asked for leave. And strong men would shiver like leaves in the wind when asking for holidays. Adi didn't know whom to be more afraid of, Bharti or his boss. But one look at Bharti convinced him that she was more fearsome. And so he squared his shoulders and combed his beard and tremblingly put in a leave request. And it was a miracle. The boss frowned terribly when he saw the leave request and Adi almost shat his pants. But when his boss found out that he wanted leave to go for a motorcycle trip to Ladakh, he became so happy that he granted it immediately. I always wanted to ride to Ladakh, he said tearfully. But I could never make it. Go for it, my boy. Do for it for me as well. Do it for all of those trapped in the cage of routine existence. We cubicle dwellers. We wife oppressed people. <laughs> he sobbed into his anki and he signed the leave application. And a bewildered but happy Adi reported the news to a smug Bharti. Bhava had a much tougher boss to convince. His dad. He worked in his own business with his dad and pretty much lived, lived with his nose to his grindstone. He lived in the same house as his boss after all. So when he applied for leave his dad fixed him with a sardonic eye and muttered parsi comments about wastrels and layabouts and people who went tripsing about and chatted their poor old dad with double the work but essentially the same process applied I could not do it when I was young so I will let my son do what I could not do myself the senior babaji must have thought and though he is a lazy layabout with a thoroughly disreputed disreputable bunch of friends especially that fat old bugger with a crazy wife I will let him do this. I did a much simpler thing. I just didn't tell my boss that I was going. I troubled the poor fellow unnecessarily. What the eye don't see, the heart don't fret over. I would remotely manage the work and manage the team through phone calls and emails. It would be the same thing as work from home, except that I would not be at home.
ரெஸ்டரேஷன் டைம் லெட்ஸ் பிளான் த ஸ்பேர்ஸ் அண்ட் ரிப்பேர் எக்யூப்மெண்ட் சேங்க் அவுட் ஆதி வித் ஆல் தி என்து ஆஃப் அ டீனேஜ் கேர்ள் கோயிங் ஷாப்பிங் Yes, let's let's set agree Delza rubbing his palms together and licking his lips. Both of them started jumping up and down and shrieking with excitement. Yay! We'll buy tube tire tubes and ball bearings and clutch cables and accelerator cables and tube puncture patches and puncture kits and air pumps and WD40 and big screw drivers and small screw drivers and parts spark plugs and cable ties. Both linked elbows and started circling around hyperventilating with pleasure. and air filters and engine oil and brake oil and pliers and fuses i will install the carrier on my bike Yay! what fun i will install a usb charging port on my bike oh that's great i'll get my ass grease so i can slide right in okay adi didn't actually say that but he might as well have they were so excited they would have done anything the swami looking at them with a cynical smirk and they smirked right back this fat so doesn't know what we are talking about Yeah, but when he has a breakdown, he'll smile the other side of his face, Adi said. Eh? Now I was confused. What? He'll smile the other side of his face, meaning an upside-down smile, Adi explained to him. Upside-down? He'll be upside-down? You mean he'll have an accident and fall over? Or will he be doing yoga and standing on his head? Adi slapped his forehead. No, Baba, it's a simile. Smile, smile upside-down means he'll frown. How can a smile upside down be a frown? I mean it will be a sad face. Oh, never mind. I meant that if he has a breakdown, then he will realize the importance of what we are going to carry. Oh, 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 I just remembered. We will get a tire pressure gauge. Yes, yes, yes. And a multimeter and ammeter and battery charger. And some wax polish to keep the bike shiny. Yee! Both of them started jumping up and down and in excitement again. I shook my head and left the room. my entire cold weather wardrobe consisted of a single sweater and a single fleece jacket i was looking at it doubtfully when bharti came into into the room that's all you need bharti announced grandly when i climbed mount chibaba the only thing i had was a small handkerchief only real losers need sweaters and warm clothes and all that crap look at the great rishis they walk around dressed only in loin cloth in the icy himalayas all it needs is breath control the simple way to make a change your position is to make a statement in the opposite direction to what you want automatically she'll change her position and it will be that of opposite to your last statement it's instinctive as far as she is concerned whatever you say is wrong so i said i don't think ladakh will be cold i'll just carry a couple of t-shirts immediately without any visible effort she changed her position 180 degrees Are you crazy? You'll be crossing so many high Himalayan passes and it might snow, it might hail, there might be glaciers and freezing winds and icebergs and snow drifts and rain and slush and yeti and abominable snowmen. You'll freeze into a solid block of ice and fall off the bike and shatter into fragments like the terminator. What will you do without me to give you advice, Ray? Oh, this mails I tell you. Go and buy some warm clothes at once. Mission accomplished. The same stratagem worked for the packing too. Please don't touch my bag I told Bharti don't you dare to touch my bag I will pack my bag myself and obviously she threw me out of the room and packed my bag nicely as I was enjoying a beer with the two guys How did you get her to pack your bags Adi asked me enviously Oh simple I said glancing behind to see that she had out of earshot I am the head of the household after all my word is law 
I really enjoyed the admiring looks they gave me. The only thing left now was to choose a cool name for ourselves. Most Royal Enfield riders like to travel in huge packs from 20 to 50 bikers at a time. And though they are mostly composed of inoffensive city folk, software engineers and such like, they like to think of themselves as tough motorcycle gangs and wear bandanas and t-shirts with pictures of skulls and crossbones on them and give themselves aggressive names like bandits, pirates, bisons, bulls, etc. We were just three people, but we also wanted a cool name for ourselves. Since there are only three of us, I thought of calling ourselves the Trinity. But we couldn't decide who should be the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. Then we thought of Trimurti. But no one wanted to be Brahma. What about Tridev, I asked. And all of us chanted in unison. Paap se dharti fati, fati, fati. But Bharti nixed the idea. Finally, we decided on the Amigos. The three Amigos. Adi and Del agreed because it had a three-part and Amigos sounded fairly Firangi and classy. Bike preparation. Let's do the bike preparation, Adi said. Yes, let's, Delzad said, giggling with excitement. Let's change the tires and the seats. And the exhaust, and the handlebars, and the light, and the shock absorbers, <laughs> and the air filter. Yeah, hugged himself with joy. I'll install rear leg guards. Ooh, I'll install a power point from the battery. Oh, 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 I had a major hard on. I'll install LED lights. Ooh, let's revamp the ECU. And both of them screamed in ecstasy and had a mutual orgasm there and then. Both collapsed weakly on the ground and lay there breathing heavily. <sighs> <sighs> Me and Bharti looked at them with disbelief. So, uh, what are you going to do to your bike? Adi asked as he got up stiffly. Me? Nothing, I replied. Nothing? Adi and Del looked at me in shock. I just bought the damn bike. What is there to do? Change the seat at least, Adi pleaded. Go to Perfect and get Irfan to put a new soft seat for your gargant to an ass. Um, no thanks. I am happy with the stock seat. Change the exhaust at least, Delzat pleaded in his turn. You can't be seen in public with the stock exhaust. Think of us if not for you. Our street cred will vanish if we are seen with a guy with the stock exhaust. Yes, the new Enfield exhaust has no thump. You gotta have the thump, Adi agreed. How can we be seen with a wimp with a wimpy exhaust? Ah, fuck off. I brushed them aside. It's a fucking brand new bike. Why does it need a new exhaust? Anyway, all the authorities say that you should keep the bike as stock as possible before a long ride. Adi and Del looked at each other and nodded. Moving quick as hairy lightning, Adi grabbed me and held me immobile in a bear hug while Del snatched my bike key and ran off. And I, all I could hear was a soft purr as it took my bike and zoomed off in a cloud of dust. Next time I saw the bike, it had a new short exhaust which made a loud bar, 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 bar noise which scared the birds for miles around. Now at least you won't embarrass us when we are seen in public together, said Adi smugly as I looked at my bike in disbelief. You are a fat embarrassment, but at least your bike is straight cred. Finally everything was done and we were all ready to start the ride. 
we could either ride the bikes all the way from mumbai to leh or we could transport the bikes from mumbai to chandigarh and ride from there the hardcore rider's view was to ride all the way from mumbai the minute you load your bike into a train is the moment you stop being a biker one guy told me a true biker will ride his bike all the way the moment i listened to his stupid advice is the moment i stopped being sane i told him do the world a favor and go fuck yourself do you think i have no better things to do in life than to ride 2000 km of straight and boring highway in blazing summer chutiya sala so we trust decided to transport the bikes the easiest option would be said to send the bike through a courier the courier guy would come to your house and pick up the bike and send the bike by truck you could pick it up at the courier office in chandigarh zero pain but bharti sneered at this it will take at least a week for your bikes to reach by road she said and they'll load all kind of stuff on top of their bikes and screw them and it will be expensive it'll be much easier to send the bikes by train you'll get the bikes in chandigarh the very next day um well none of us had ever sent anything by train before so we went to the station to figure out how it's done it's simple enough you come to the station with your documents registration insurance and what not and you book your bike if you're also traveling on the same train you can book it as your luggage and if you're not then you book it as a parcel luggage is more expensive than parcel because it will be definitely loaded as your luggage while a parcel is freight and can be offloaded if more important freight gets booked on the same train so if you want to be 100% sure to get your bike on time then pay the extra money and book it as luggage and buy a ticket on the train of course you need to pack your bike nicely to prevent dings and dents and it's compulsory to empty the bike of all petrol and then it is your responsibility to get some coolies to load the bike in the freight car you can't do it all yourself but it's easier to leave it to a parcel agent who will do all the running around for a modest fee We went to the station and met a parcel agent who did the bike loading in reserved space. The luggage space is limited on the train, and if a few other people also decided to go at the same time, then you would be left high and dry. We booked flight tickets for ourselves, and the day before the flight, we went to the station to dispatch the bikes. The agent met us and collected paperwork and removed all the petrol from the bikes, and he started to pack the bikes. But Bawa said no; he would pack his bike himself. Bawa had brought along enough packaging material to pack an entire busload of bikes, and he and Adi started packing the first bike very lovingly. They did an excellent job and packed it with bubble wrap and paper and cardboard and cotton, clouds and stardust and Kevlar and reinforced concrete, and took two hours to pack a single bike. The agent watched this with disillusionment, and then observed that since the train was due in just a few hours. It would be better if they packed the bike themselves. Dell and Adi were exhausted by that time, and so they agreed and watched as the agents packing by wrapped up the other two bikes in ten minutes flat. After making the agents swear on his mother's grave that the bikes would be properly and carefully loaded in the train the next day, we left for the night. The poor agent, he looked exhausted, and he must have been really happy to see us go. So now, the dice were cast. The Rubicon had been crossed. The bike said gone. There was no turning back now. We were definitely on our way to Ladakh.
and that's it for this episode folks thanks for listening do check out this book three men on motorcycles on amazon and do visit my website www.ketanjoshi.net that's www.ketanjoshi.net it has list of all my books it has some awesome pics and videos from our rides and of course my blog do check me out on facebook instagram and twitter and do write to me and tell me what you thought of this show this book and in life in general stay cool and calm guys peace out